Hello, good evening, good morning, good whatever time you're listening to the show. It's the Puro Caballero Show, episode 0002. Welcome to the Honeycomb Hideout. This is your host, Mario Caballero, here. Doing the damn thing. You know, champagne campaign. And just living it up. Just watching some more basketball right now. Got my hometown squad taking on the Chicago Bulls, Kings Bulls. This was an ugly one at the beginning. I ain't gonna lie. I was about to turn this shit off. It was bad. Kings only had nine points after the first quarter at home. That's pitiful. That's that's rough, man. But uh, they bouncing back right now. If there's uh, any team that's just as bad as them, it's definitely Chicago this season. So they're only down ten. We're under two minutes left in the second. And shout out to Jakar Sampson. Had a vicious dunk about a couple plays ago. And King's rocking these uh, these new baby blue jerseys, these alternates that they got. His Nike this season is coming out with these crazy alternates. All these teams. Like every single team's wearing a bunch of different wild colors this year. Which is kind of cool for some of them, but it's like... They're forcing the issue a bit. You know how it is. Nike. Gotta make them sales. Um, they just, yeah, they just took it on steroids, though. Which is dope, because I like the hoodies they got. But, you know, some of the jerseys are too out there, man. OKC ones. All, like, crazy gradient. Like, blue, orange. Uh, I saw the Utah Jazz ones. I don't know, I don't know how I feel about that one. It's kind of like a retro look, but with, uh, different colors it's got like red in it jazz are really not known for red it's got yellow but i don't know about that one and trying to think who else oh yeah cleveland they got some gray ones Uh, lebron's all jazzed on that i'm like "Mm, come on dude you can do better than that but yeah, they got this home court, which looks nice, so they got the baby blue paint. It says Sacktown on the baseline. That's pretty dope. Looking pretty fresh. Down 12. Zach Levine back from ACL. Shout out to him. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He just posterized Samson. Jeez. he's. I think he's back. He's looking healthy. We'll see what he can do. He'll have some promise in Minnesota. But, um, how about yesterday's game? That Super Bowl was ridiculous. I'd say I'd put it in my top 10 somewhere that I've seen in my lifetime. That one was pretty good. Back and forth. That was entertaining. Got the outcome I needed on a couple different occasions. One, fuck the Pats, so happy for the Eagles, even though. People in Philly, they going crazy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you guys saw all those uh, Instagram, uh, Snapchats, or YouTube clips or whatever of people going ape shit out in the streets in Philly. Man, there were some people in like. Uh, grocery store not a grocery store like a convenience store or something literally just like throwing the food around and everything just like having a food fight with like the raiding and looting and everything it's like god damn it was crazy but that's kind of like on par for like a city that hasn't won in forever they always go ape shit they go ridiculously dumb i remember when san francisco the giants won the world series the first time and like since they've moved to San Francisco, it was like 50-something years. Um, yeah, that was pretty ridiculous. I remember looking at some of that old uh, YouTube clips. There was one uh, clip about these, like, three or four dudes just fucking brawling, just going at it. 
like in a McDonald's. I think they busted the front door window. <laughs> some dude got like slammed and threw right through it. <laughs> and some chick was like trying to pull some dude off. <laughs> some heavy set chick. <laughs> and she got slapped by some other chick <laughs> who was the, the other dude's chick who was getting beat up <laughs> or was doing the beating up. <laughs> so it was a fucking, it was crazy. <laughs> it was like couples getting into it, like tag team brawls together and shit. Oh man, it was wild. But, um, yeah, those, those parades are pretty wild, too. I got lucky enough to go to the last one, 2014. That's my, that's my squad. I had to get super lucky to be able to go. But, yeah, man, shout out to Philly. Shout out to The Roots, Free McMill. <laughs> and I was on Instagram just, like, not too long ago. I saw this video of <laughs> the cop. <laughs> These dudes got the cop to say Free Meek. <laughs> ah, I was like, oh, shit. This is crazy. But... Yeah, they did him wrong, man. Did him dirty, for real. Free, free, free him. But be safe, people. And I'm not sure if that's what's happening. Because <laughs> uh, I saw like the awning of uh, some hotel or restaurant. People just jump right through, and people doing flips off of poles, taking down light poles and other things. It's like my goodness. Yeah, they're acting like there's no tomorrow because there might not be one for a lot of them. <laughs> so I was like, man, we'll see what that all ends up. There's people dancing on top of freaking cop cars as the cops are going through crowds. Like, cops not even caring. Like, man, craziness. Craziness. All because of Nick Foles. Napoleon Dynamite looking ass. <laughs> oh, man. I did not see that coming. I did not see the Eagles putting up that many points. I knew they could score maybe in the low 30s, but I did not expect them to put up 41. Damn. I Shout, shout out to them, man. They really killed it. And it was really puzzling for the Patriots. Why the hell Malcolm Butler wasn't out there? And that was just a shocker beyond belief. And the rumors and the reports that are coming out today, they're saying that it was like team rules oriented like he missed a curfew or something to that nature and I was talking to my coworker today who's this uh, big uh, Pats fan this big Boston guy because he's from out there and he was, uh, was telling me they apparently got caught with weed or some shit so I don't know what that's all about so I'm not going to speculate until facts come out but that, uh, that kind of sucks man right there at the Super Bowl you got a chance to cement your legacy, and you don't even get to play. He plays one snap on special teams. And <laughs> that's got to be rough. It's got to be rough for the dude, but it sounds like he might have done it to himself, so it is what it is, right? But Pats were getting torched. Those receivers were just too much for those DBs. They utilize those big bodies really, really well in the pass game. Alshon. Aguilar, it's like a big slot receiver. And Torrey Smith, too. And you got Zach Ertz, probably their most talented out of all those guys. I'd say Alshon and him. But Ertz was balling. Alshon had some ridiculous catches. Minus the interception he tipped up to the, the DB. That was kind of a fluky-ass play. He had it pinned and then just popped right back up. And he hit it up with his hand. Don't really see that too often. Especially in the Super Bowl. He was making plays, though. He made up for it. Had that touchdown at the beginning where he just got the feet and bounds. Like, whew. Textbook. People forget about him. They sleep on Alshon. Alshon's nice, man. He's been putting up numbers. So we'll see. It was an amazing game, man. It was e incredible. Garrett Blunt did the damage on the ground. And they did really well with uh, just being aggressive overall with like every play call Philly was on offense. Pat's like D-line didn't really make that much big of an impact. And I, I guess really goes to show you how good the O-line is for the, for the Eagles. 
Vitaik was really good for Peters. Stepped in, man. And totally forgot that they're missing an all-pro, like a perennial all-pro at left tackle. He was a monster, has been a monster for years. But Vitae stepped in, did really well. Lane Johnson did what, did what he normally does. And Kelsey, man. Kelsey was making some ridiculous blocks at the center position. Athletic. That dude can pull. He can move around. Get to the second level. That's so valuable when you got a center that can get up to the second level. That opens up so many more play calls in terms of being able to use some, some trickery. Because not a lot of teams pull centers or have them, you know, do a reach block to a guy like two techniques over. But I saw him do that a couple times. Saw him get up to some linebackers and safeties, get in the way of a few guys. I want to say Clement or Jai scored a long touchdown following one of his blocks. And they did really well. But the play calling, man. <laughs> for both teams, it felt like they were just out there playing Madden. They were just like, go for it. Like, you got nothing to lose, just just do it. And that's what, like, championship games need to be more, more about. We had two really good championship games in college. Uh, football and in the NFL, the pro level. I'm not that big of a college guy but man that game was incredible two backups really got some championships this year Nick Foles MVP over 300 yards three touchdowns caught a touchdown how about that call <laughs> I've never seen that before in my life I was standing up watching as the play was going on I saw him move up starting doing the signals and everything he moves over to the right and I'm like oh they're gonna direct snap it and I start pointing it out and telling everybody and then they run a freaking uh, pitch, reverse pitch, back to the other side to the wideout. And he tosses it back to Foles. Like, come on. Come on. That's something you got to draw up. Like, just for shits and giggles <laughs> every so often. And it finally worked, man. That was ridiculous. And what's crazy is they did it after Brady missed on his trick play to get a catch. <laughs> that might have been the difference in the game right there. Because he catches that ball. They're for sure getting in field goal range. He's inside the 20 probably. And who knows what happens there. But I think they kicked the field goal anyway. Uh, or they might have punted. I, I don't remember. They did not score a touchdown on that drive though. So it saved them points regardless. <laughs> Just that play. That was, that was crazy. A couple big plays in that game. And that was one of them that stood out. The uh, drop by Brady. That felt like a big opportunity they missed. And then another big play was uh, Stockton's very own, Brandon Cooks. Shout out to him. And I hope he's doing all right, man, because he got walloped. He just did not see that dude coming and just, bam, got leveled. And got a concussion, left the game, didn't return. So I hope uh, his health returns hope he gets a speedy recovery and hope he's all right you don't want to see that but as football is part of the game is what it is gladiator sport you gotta sign up for it at this point you kind of know what you're getting into you just don't want to see it happen so hopefully it was just one of those quick bell rungs and he ends up okay there's no long-term effects because I played with people who've gotten concussions before and have been out like a few weeks sometimes and it can be bad. Those can linger. Those can give you headaches for a while. Some people are real sensitive to light and um, emotions get all mixed up. The uh, wires get crossed in the brain. I remember one, one dude when I was in high school playing with, he got a concussion in the game and he didn't know where he was. Didn't know what day it was. Didn't know who we were playing. Um, he would have uh, his sense of temperature was like super up and down. Like he'd be super hot all one second and 
the next second, it was like a night game, so it would have been in like the 50s or 60s, so pretty mild temperature. The next second, though, he was just shivering, like going crazy, like he was in negative 20, and he's bringing blankets and a whole bunch of jackets and everything for on top of him, like his parents were right there, and like the next second, like a minute later, he'd just be all hot again, just like need to take it off. It was it was a crazy, it was a trip, and then he, and then like. About 20 minutes later, he was fine off of that, but he still was loopy. So, <laughs> these things are crazy. So, hopefully, nothing too serious for him. But that was a big play because they lost one of their top wideouts, and I felt like they had to game plan scheme a little bit differently because some of the other flankers that they use are not necessarily the burner types. Uh, Chris Hogan and Amendola, they're going to run an out route on you, they're going to run a dig route, they're going to, uh, you know, run a double move, something like that, they're not necessarily going to, you know, beat you by end-to-end speed, they're more of a shifty type receivers, Elgin's got size too, Elgin has some, made some really good plays, he's a real talented player, found him, former lacrosse guy, they find him everywhere, man, Patriots just pull him out of like the dirt or something. It was good. It was a good game, though. They played well. Played consistent on their end. I mean, you can't complain. Setting passing records. Both teams are so... Oh, man. So, I'm back, and I'm an idiot. I've just been talking for a long, long time. And this has been on pause. So... <laughs> Awesome. You're going to get an abbreviated show right now. I'm pretty sure we went over some Super Bowl stuff. Um, yeah, amazing game. Just trying to talk over a little bit of NBA because uh, football season's over with now. And it's a lot of confusion, man. I don't know what the heck's going on in the NBA no more. But shout out to these Kings, though, making this comeback. And they're up by two, 89-87 with under five minutes left in the game. So... Not too bad after they only scored nine points in the first quarter. <laughs> this Bulls team is not that good, and they just could not, not bury them. Thank goodness. So that Patriots game that was crazy. A couple big game, big big plays that really happened in there in my mind. Um, let's start in the first quarter, first half. We got the Alshon tip interception to the Patriots. That was the only time really that the Eagles were really stopped in that game besides one other punt if you think about it they only gave it over to the Patriots two times in those situations I think they might have missed some kicks too but there was that play there's the Brandon Cooks getting leveled because that changed the game plan and everything for the Patriots afterwards because Hogan and Amendola, they don't run the same route tree as Brandon Cooks. They don't have that same just blazing speed off the line. So that that play where he made that catch and just got cracked upside the head. Those uh, that ended up being being very big at the end of the game. As you go deeper into the game, you got in the fourth quarter the time that Belichick took that timeout on that third down play and it was uh, the Eagles who ended up converting and scoring on that drive in the fourth it ended up uh, coming back to haunt them because they, who knows what, it, what they might have been able to do had they been able to have another timeout at their disposal at the end of the game when Brady threw that Hail Mary maybe they could have got it a little closer and had a better chance who knows Maybe they're still playing football right now. <laughs> Day later. So that was a big play. Ooh, in and out three. Kings up by two right now. They've been battling. Right about three minutes left now. There was uh, a lot that happened. And then obviously the two touchdowns for the Eagles that were reviewed that they gave to them. I mean, who, nobody knows what a catch is anymore, and it's just, is anybody's guess <laughs> as to what the heck 
you know, the refs are going to call. It's one thing one game. It's another thing another. One little situation is different than the other, and it completely creates a different uh, result. It doesn't make sense anymore, and they need to look at it. And I'm, I'll be willing to put money down that they're going to tweak the rules or the interpretation of it somehow this off season, and it'll only be justified. And speaking of justified, how about Justin Timberlake at halftime? Though I'm not too mad about that whole little Prince tribute because. I'm a Prince fan. I'll take some Prince. They're saying hologram, and I don't even know what's a hologram anymore. As somebody who saw the Tupac hologram with his own two eyes, those two things were not the same thing. That was like a projection of Prince, which is fine. I think that's a little bit classier. Having to try to do like an actual live hologram with like him moving and saying brand new words and things of that nature, kind of how they did it with Pac. They didn't need to go all there, <laughs> which I'm glad they didn't. But I'm not mad at it. You're in Minnesota. You got to do a tribute to Prince, the, the one of the most famous Minnesotans of all time. Three pointer, <laughs> buddy, 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 Ew. that was clutch. Booty buckets. They just took the lead again, 96-93 with a minute 33 left in the ball game. See if the Kings can get this W wearing them baby blues. So that game was crazy. Eagles offensive line did a tremendous job. You hardly ever heard the announcers talk about any of the um, Patriots. Better defensive linemen. And then the Malcolm Butler decision was definitely head-scratching in the moment. And from all the rumors that we heard today, seems like he was missed a curfew or something. It was something teams rule related, and there was something extra involved too. And one of my coworkers at work mentioned that he might have got caught with some weed on him or something to that effect, which is kind of crazy, man. Like before the Super Bowl, you gotta just bunker down. And do whatever you need to do to just get to that game. Once the game's over, that's your season. Who cares? Do whatever. You know? Go take some freaking peyote in uh, the Amazon jungles for all I care. You know? Go out to Big Bear and drop some acid before you go hit some slopes. I don't care. Who cares, man? <laughs> in the off season, do what you want. You earn that right. But Malcolm just didn't have what it took to stick around. I don't know. That was weird. That was weird in the moment. And I guess Belichick stuck to his guns. But it's tough. It's tough when it's a Super Bowl on the line, man. That's your that's your legacy and all that. And I guess Malcolm Butler's going to be a free agent, so I think all signs are pointing to him to be being gone. Oh, my goodness, Zach. <laughs> Dang. So Bulls came back, tied it, 96-96. Bogdanovich just hit some cold-blooded ass three with the dude all in his face. Offensive. Oh, it's offensive. Screen. Good, good. Good defense, George Hill. Playing defense like we know you can. Oh, contest. Good. Oh, get a rebound. Damn it. No. Rebound again. Thank you. Pass it. Thank you. Hold the ball. Hold the ball. Get it over. Get it over. Barely got it over. Oh, my God. Almost had. Oh, don't you very much. And one. Oh, Willie. Oh, my God. They barely got the ball over half court. They almost had an eight-second count. They threw it right at 16, and they got an and one. Just found Willie Collie Stein for a dunk in the foul. Damn. What a play. Got to hold on to this victory right here. <laughs> Man, he hit some shot like the Mamba. Damn, Bogdanovich is freaking cold-blooded. I love it, dude. 
Barely gets it over. Justin Jackson throws it up to Willie Cauley-Stein as they're trying to foul. Slams it home. I don't know if they call the N one or not. I got this on mute right now. Trying to get some copyright infringement and all that stuff. So I'll give you some Mario play-by-play. It's 101.96. 14 seconds left in the game. Situation. Kings got to defend. No fouls. Hey, Brad Miller, what's up? What's up? NBA's favorite country boy from the Midwest. That dude is hilarious. I remember back in the day, <laughs> every country white dude from Northern California used to love Brad Miller. <laughs> he, he used to go out there hunting and uh, ATVing, you know, off-road and everything. <laughs> there was a local... Uh, spot like radio uh, not radio but TV ad that he used to do <laughs> for um, like an ATV four-wheeler place <laughs> and he never seemed more relaxed and comfortable in his life <laughs> than he did in that or at least that I've seen him and <laughs> he's a funny dude he used to have two moves he'd have the three-pointer at the top of the key and he'd have the pump fake and drive on you <laughs> and that was about it <laughs> and then he'd get fouled or he'd go all the way to the rim Shout out to Brad Miller. He had a good good career with the Kings. Remember when we traded him from Indiana. All right. Bulls throwing the ball inbounds. Jerry and Grant coming in. See. Play looking like to Levine. Going to the rim. And that's going to be goaltend. Damn. Willie Kallstein did not get there quite in time. Levine put it up. Yep. It was on the on the backboard for sure pretty obvious so kings are gonna have to go full court now and we got a timeout so they're not gonna go full court so dave yeager is gonna take a time out i think it's gonna be 22nd oh no looks like i am mistaken they're actually going to have an official review of this goaltend it's gonna be easy call they should look at it once and then say okay we got it right let's let them throw the ball and bounce but this is the NBA, so this is probably going to last another two or three minutes of them figuring this out. It looked like it hit the backboard off of the camera over the top of the hoop. And it looks like they've made the call, actually. So that's not bad. 13 seconds left. Kings up by three. Can't afford a turnover. Just let them foul your ass. So Willie Kleistein didn't get the N1 on that uh, dunk. It was just a clean dunk I guess it did look like they might have pushed them but because they were trying to look like they were going to try to foul intentionally alright here we go throw it in bounds and they threw it up Willie Colley Stein this might be an issue might be an issue let's see do they have one more foul to give yes they do never mind they should be alright Zach Randolph comes in the ball game and Willie comes out so now you got some free throw shooters good Good, 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 good. I did not know the foul situation. All right. Kings throwing it in about three-quarters court on the sideline. George Hill's got it, and he's fouled now. Cool. All right. Just got to hit one or two free throws, and you got it. And should be good. Man, nobody really cares about me talking about the Kings, but I really don't give a damn. So back to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Kelsey and Lane Johnson. Really, really good. And Vitae, Haloti Vitae, or whatever long freaking first name he's got. <laughs> um, but they did really, really well for the Eagles. The Eagles' defensive line came through at the end. They were looking gassed all game because freaking Brady was setting NFL passing records for the Super Bowl. Freaking 500-plus yards. It's like Madden game calls out there it really really felt like it just go for it all the way oh he missed the free throw so four points pulling up from Levine and he missed it and this looks like it's going to be a loose ball foul on Bobby Portis and the Kings are going to hold on to this one with 5.3 left dupe <laughs> so much for scoring nine points in the first quarter <laughs> oh man Bulls are just that bad too They'll let you come back for sure. Oh, wow. George Hill sold that, that foul for sure. He was flopping majorly. But as long as they flop for your team, it's okay. 
<laughs> Go to sleep. Sleep well at night. Yeah. That Super Bowl was insane. It was top 10 for the ones that I've seen, I'd say. It was crazy. Alshon Jeffrey. <laughs> Shout out to Kevin Hart in the post game show getting soused. He <laughs> soused during the game and just did not give any fucks. Going on the NFL TV, NFL network, and <laughs> cursing up a storm, <laughs> trying to get up on the podium to go touch the Super Bowl trophy. <laughs> oh man, that was classic. That was some classic shit. <laughs> Final 10498, Sacramento over Chicago. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, I hate tanking. Probably should, but I hate tanking. Oh well. It is what it is. Kings will get screwed out of it anyway from a lottery. Like they always do. Yeah, the Patriots. So glad they didn't. did not break the record for Super Bowls. That would not have been cool. Or tied it, excuse me. Would have got to six. Would have tied Pittsburgh. That would have been annoying. Really, really annoying. So I'm glad for that reason. But those Philly fans, they're acting like freaking monsters. <laughs> Goodness, like some caged animals that just got freed. It's ready to overthrow the former owners looking for revenge. And they were like raiding and looting a whole bunch of stuff. I saw the awning of the Ritz-Carlton just get smashed through. <laughs> if you're on Instagram or Snapchat or Twitter, you got to go look that one up. That one was pretty classic. That one was craziness. Oh, boy. Yeah, those Philly fans, they're, whew, that was something else, man. <laughs> that was something else, what they did last night. And they'll probably keep on doing it for the next few days until the parade. Congrats to y'all. It's usually what happens when any city wins the championship when they haven't won it forever and a half. Like I was saying earlier, it didn't get recorded. Cause I'm an idiot. Uh, I remember when the Giants, the San Francisco Giants, won the championship in 2010 for the first time in their franchise history since moving to SF. And man, the videos on YouTube that night were insane. There was one I remember where there was like one dude got in a fight with another guy in like a McDonald's, like. They got pushing and shoving. I think one dude fell through the the glass door in the front and broke it. And another guy's like still on the ground getting pummeled. The dude getting pummeled on the ground, his girlfriend comes at the guy trying to pull him off. But the guy that's doing the pummeling, his girlfriend attacks the other chick. And it gets into like a, a 2v2 uh, wrestling uh, tag team situation going on <laughs> and that was craziness and I went on for like five or ten minutes and it was like another crowd of people getting into it and it was it was insane dude it was it was insane from what I saw I mean I wasn't there that year um I was down here actually I was celebrating down in in Dodger territory I was going to school at that point man I was a freshman in college and not know what to do with myself didn't have my fake ID yet couldn't get no I didn't try to get no alcohol at that point. I was playing it safe. I had my fun, though. Don't you worry about me. I got my fun in. And then some, probably too much. But that's that's for another show. Talk about that another time. Yeah, so Philly. Philly was just going insane. Crazy, crazy game. Brandon Graham, I told you guys, got that fumble right at the end. I was icing on the cake right there. And even still, Brady still almost had a chance, man. Insane. Insane in the membrane. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, football season. It's all done now. It's done skis. And looks like it's going to be NBA. Consuming a lot of my life now from here on out. 
So let's look, take a look at some of the records right now. Let's look at the current crop of standings. Best team in the league, the Dubs, of course. It's just it seems like it's just everybody's fighting them. The Warriors aren't even like they're in like in gear three right now, and they're still got forty one wins and like twelve losses. You see, it feels like the Rockets are more in gear four right now, and they got thirty eight and thirteen, but they can still kind of might have a little extra push too. But I, their potential still doesn't feel like it matches up with the Warriors. And the Spurs are a big Q knows because they're still 34 and 21. They do the, their business on a consistent basis. But if they don't have Ka uh, Kawhi Leonard against some of the big uh, time scores, they're going to be in trouble, man. They need him. And then everybody else in the Western Conference underneath them you got the T Wolves, Thunder, Nuggets, Trailblazers, Pelicans, and then the Clippers and Jazz in 9th and 10th hanging on. The Thunder of that team, you you would think, might have some potential. It just doesn't seem like the pieces are fitting 100% yet. The nature of the way these their three best players play the game, it takes a large amount of time, or longer than normal amount of time, I would say, for them to kind of figure out where they fit in and how they can play off of each other and how the team's rotations can work around that. And what type of lineups you want to put out. Like moving guys into different positions. Or taking guys out early in quarters or later in quarters. So they can play with certain bench players. Things of that nature. Seems like the Thunder is still kind of um, working it on the fly. And they feel, it feels like, uh, feels like they're doing a lot better now than earlier in the year. Because it feels like Melo is starting to kind of get in his groove. And get consistent touches and looks. And... At the same time, not hamper or hinder the looks of his other teammates because when he's not getting it, sometimes he affects the other team negatively uh, or like his own teammates negatively uh, where he's in the mode where I need to get mine and who gives a damn if the team in the long run is the one getting hurt by my actions. He just didn't have that conscious never really did in New York so that's why a lot of times when you saw him have bad games that means the team was probably going to struggle also so he looks like he's starting to blend in a little bit and Paul George is one of those players who can blend in anywhere but it's it all depends on what you need from him and they're starting to figure out exactly what they they're asking him to do and what they need from him from what I've seen and then Russ is going to be Russ they needed him just to let him go but it's tough because he's such a ball dominant type of player that it's hard for other people to get that their groove going even when he's looking for other people it's it's off of his actions he's not really that off-ball player so we'll see where they go but it seems like the pieces around them on the bench and in the rotation is just they don't quite mesh quite yet and there's pieces I like, and there's good quality NBA players on that team. It's just they don't all quite fit where they need to, or they don't have enough of certain things, or they have too much of certain things in certain positions. But they're behind the T-Wolves even. And I haven't even watched a lot of them this year, man. I've just been, I've been slacking on my NBA consumption because it's usually my favorite league. But this year... This year's been something else, so gotta get back into get back in the groove, get back in the thing, the, the hang of things. My Kings are no good, so it's tough to be a watch for them from time to time. So good comeback today, I'll give them that. Sack sitting all the way down in fifteenth uh, place in the West, looking for that number one seed. <laughs> Maybe they're tied with the Hawks, the Magic, and oh no. The Hawks and the Magic actually have less wins now. Kings now with 17 wins, I want to say, or they got they have 16. Is that including today? I think they have 16 now with this one. So they're actually yep, and tied for first place for that first pick, I should say, last place. <sighs> tough year, tough year, tough year. It is what it is. 
they got a bad start, but we'll see what happens. It's uneven roster, but this NBA landscape is just funky. It's real funky. The East especially just seems uh real, real crazy. So you got the Celtics in the first place, and they seem like the most complete team in the East, and they're just kind of just cruising along, rolling. And they don't even have Gordon Hayward. That's another scary thing. If he can ever return this year or if he comes back next year, they're going to be in prime position for a few years. They look like they got their course set. I mean, you got Toronto, T-Dot in second. And they look potent as ever. But it's Toronto, so you're never really 100% sure because... You hate to say it, but Lowry and DeRozan in the past, they have haven't been able to come up. So you can't necessarily have that unbridled um, confidence in those two guys to come through as your two leading scorers. Because especially last season, they just threw up some bricks of games, of some performances. They had some nasty-looking stat lines. In some of those matchups that they had last year in the playoffs, and it was not good for them. And they need a lot of scoring out of their uh, their wings, their guards. So we'll see. We'll see how the uh, Raptors do in the, in the two seed, and then the three seed. You got the Cavs, which is just the biggest question mark in the whole league. Nobody knows what the hell to think of them. LeBron's body language is looking horrible. He's subtweeting everybody. LeBron subtweeting everybody. He's coming out with shoes in the color of Golden State Warriors, blue and yellow. And then trying. Coming out Warriors colors and then trying to be all subtle and trying to say it's uh, not anything to, to worry about and all that. But it's looking ever more likely that he's going to be dipping from Cleveland. Because they got too much money tied in, tied up in older rotation players. And you can never win a championship that way with your roster construction. They kind of paid for some guys because they're LeBron's friends. And LeBron uh, wanted them to get paid. So he kind of forced the Cavs dang owner Dan Gilbert to do that. And now, a couple years later, it looks like they're washed. And they have no resources to kind of re- uh, plenish their roster or at least they're not willing to use the resources that they have because they do have a number one pick that they could trade but LeBron doesn't want to commit so they want to hold on to that as an insurance policy and I kind of don't blame them honestly I really don't I really don't blame them for not trading that this, this is a tough situation to be in because they've been burned before and they got they had nothing left, man. They were desolate after LeBron left the first time. Would they get three number one draft picks in a four-year span? Freaking lucked into getting them back. Straight lucked into it. So we'll see what happens. So Isaiah Thomas still not healthy, and him coming back has been rough. Trying to move him back into rotation, and they've been scuffling recently. Kevin Love, they've been questioning his heart and toughness and how much uh, effort he wants to put in, how much uh, willingness that he wants. And that rotation just seems old. They're just not together. Tristan Thompson's more of a reality star now. Kardashian curse touches another one. Shumpert looks not quite the same. And LeBron looks like he's he's kind of just done carrying the load, man. You know, sometimes you play pickup basketball and you score a lot of points and you look around your teammates and you like grab your lower back and you're like, oh man, back's hurting from carrying this team so much. And they kind of laugh sometimes and maybe they'll try to score a little bit or something. But it looks like LeBron's been doing that this year. Subtle, like subtly but not subtly he tries to be all passive aggressive that's the way he does things I guess that's our generation I don't know 
avoid conflict. Like talk shit, but not really talking shit. Yeah, who really, who really freaking knows what's gonna happen with that team? But they're kind of cruising. Seems like they could always hit it up another two or three notches. Once the playoff starts, the Wizards at the four spot. John Wall's out. That's gonna be tough with them. Bucks at the five spot. They do have talent. They haven't come together either. Jason Kidd wasn't able to do it, and we'll see what they can do with the, the interim coach. And then it's just Pacers, Heat, Sixers, and then you got Detroit and the Hornets kind of sticking around. Detroit is interesting. They're at 500 right now. Sixers also at 500. Those are two teams I want to see make the playoffs, but the Pacers are still, still, still in it. And the Heat also looking a little better as well. Eric Sprolster, man, is a hell of a coach. He, he can take like a B-level roster and make them make the playoffs. Not everybody could do that. He really maximizes his talents and what they do. But the Pacers, I think, have been the biggest shock in the East so far. Because who would have thought Victor Oladipo would have had a as good and if not better year than Paul George has had this year. You know, on paper, one of them's a lot better or a lot more established than the other. It's all about situations, too. And playing with Russ isn't the easiest thing. Mentally, I feel like it's the hardest thing. Uh, more so than physically. Not getting shots up. It's just the mental part of it. having a guy just so ball dominant but I want to see the Sixers make it just because I want to see Jojo MB to talk some crap in the playoffs and <laughs> shoot out some fire memes on Twitter that'd be dope that'd be dope one and then if Blake Griffin makes it with the Pistons that'd be cool too we'll see what happens there's some teams bunched up there's like a five game gap difference no nah, it's more like a two game gap difference between four seed and the seven seed and then all the way even to the ninth seed it's still just like two or three more games so there could be a lot of wiggle room as to what happens we're still not even at the all-star game all-star break yet so a lot of basketball to be had a lot more to come. We'll break we'll break it all down. We'll give uh, some good thought, and well, we can talk some shit too. We'll do whatever. Whatever happens, we'll bring it up. We'll figure this out. We'll start to get some guests too. Just wanted to do this one today, another solo show, just to kind of recap Super Bowl, see what happened. We had a good fun time had a lot of Haney some beers too smoked it down a little bit as well it was a fun atmosphere we enjoyed ourselves I did record a little bit there but it didn't come out so we decided to, to uh, shelve that into the archives we'll see if we'll ever use it it was a good time great game great game just talking about it all day at work today and it was just just unreal who would have thought Nick Foles been able to come through clutch as an MVP man that is unprecedented backup quarterbacks winning Super Bowls man he had a crazy good speech that uh, I retweeted on Twitter that you should uh, follow me on at Puro Caballero, P-U-R-O-C-A-B-A-L-L-E-R-O for all you gringos out there. And also the same thing on Instagram. But there's this thing I saw on Twitter of him. It's a real, real great speech. Um, basically talking about his faith and everything that he went through. It was pretty impressive, his whole path, because... He was a 
mid-level prospect and then got put in with the Eagles and just shined like none other. was unprecedented almost. Came back down to earth. Believe separated his shoulder or hurt his throwing shoulder. Missed uh, that half of the season. Came back, was never really the same. Didn't look as good. Got traded. Went to St. Louis. Got benched for Case Keenum. Which is crazy. Also had a resurgence this year. Then went to Kansas City. Backed up Alex Smith. And then went to Philly to go back up Carson Wentz. It's not the worst job in the world, but damn, when you got thrusted in there, he really balled out, man. They really did a good job of doing what he does well and letting that dude attack. He's that type of quarterback that you got to let him go. But shout-outs to them. They game-planned the hell out of that game. And like I said, they were just not afraid to dial it up. That's what I like about coaches, some of them. And they just don't get into a shell, and they, they do the opposite of what some coaches do. They, Coach Peterson looked relaxed, and he looked like he knew what he was doing. He had that team ready, which is impressive because it's usually New England is a team that looks more ready to go out the gate. But that was a fun one, man. It was a hell of a game. And I think... Uh, Oh, did I mention too? I won, uh, won some money off the squares. I think I might have mentioned it at the beginning. Won two bills. It's not too bad. Got the final score right. So that's always nice. A little addition to my bank account. Might uh, be able to go buy some drinks this weekend. So hey, hey, hey. Or pay off some debt. Uh, one of them's a lot more fun than the other. So stay tuned, folks. See what happens. I'm really, really tired. It's almost 10 o'clock tonight. And yeah, I goofed up. I had about 20, 30 minutes uh, recorded prior to this and lost that. So it's all good. It's a work in progress. We're learning on the fly. Sometimes you got to call that, uh, uh, that audible. You got to check down to the tight end sometimes from now and then. So... We'll go ahead and do that, and we'll call this one uh, a wrap. So that's been episode 0002. This is your man, Melo Man Mario, signing off. You've been listening to the Puro Caballero Show. Tune in on Instagram and Twitter. We've been approved on SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher, Google Play Store. And we're working on iTunes. Still waiting for that official go-ahead, man. So follow along, and we'll catch you next time. Peace.